Welcome back to the Shut the Hell Up and Sell podcast. I am your host, Ronnell Richards, the author of Shut the Hell Up and Sell, and I am joined by another sales rock star. And this, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we have some, we got some history, my friend. We have some shared experience. So I'm hoping we can get into that a little bit. Um, I am joined by Eric Brooker today. Eric, what's going on? What's going on, Ronnell? Thanks for having me, man. It's great to see you. It's always good to see you, my man, and it's always great to see that perfectly manicured beard, which is now it's it's your it's part of your your brand. So I, you can't ever show up with a scraggly beard. <laughs> this is true. Well, this is true. Well, hey, man, as we get this thing started, uh, if you could just take a moment and and tell the audience what it is that you do. Yeah. So again, Eric Brooker, uh, today I work for an organization by the name of uh, Blue Wave Technology Group. We're a technology advisory firm. My role, you know, it's funny, I've been in sales for 22 years. And when I first took the role that I'm in now, I thought, well, this is not a sales role. It was described to me as not a sales role. Ronell, I'm in mergers and acquisitions. I'm the sourcing guy. I call to other firms like ours to go and evangelize our story, our message, yeah to try and see if they'd be a fit. I'm trying to buy companies right now. And if that's not a sales job, this is actually maybe the hardest sales job of really? my life because I have to convince brilliant technology minds that have been wildly successful to sell their business. Um, and, and it's been a challenge, but I love it. We're doing really great things. It's a really cool company, a really great group of people, some of whom you know, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Love it, dude. And that is a, a, a unique, uh, sales job for that for our podcast like you're the first person <laughs> in that in that in that world so i'm really looking forward to having this combo and hopefully there's some fo folks out there that can identify with with what you're doing um i know there's a, a lot that can identify with your your history and your your experience in sales and technology Let, let's start there man tell me when did you start getting a check to sell something. Here's why this is important, Eric, is because part of what we're doing, we're doing here is evangelizing for the profession of sales. I love this. I love what it is that we do. I'm very proud to be a salesperson. And so we want to put a number on it, man. I want to know how many years you've been in the game and we want to celebrate that. So I'll be, I'll be 43 in a couple of weeks. I was 19 years old. I got my first sales job. My wife, believe it or not, my wife was pregnant. Yes, I was 19. My wife was pregnant. I met a gentleman uh, at Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's house, and he offered me a job over the course of the evening. Now, I was making $18,000 a year. He offered me a salary of $25,000 a year. At 19 years old with a baby on the way and a wife who wasn't working, that $7,000 meant the world. Now, what I didn't know was anything about sales. <laughs> but what Jake was kind enough to do was to say, do everything that I tell you to do and you will be successful. And I didn't know what I didn't know. Jake, fortunately, was an incredible leader. He knew exactly what he was doing. My very first month in sales, my very first month in sales now we kind of cheated. We, we kind of blew out the comp plan. We were very focused on taking advantage of the comp plan, which might be an episode in and of itself. But my very first commission check was $25,000. Wow. And if that didn't suck me in, 
I don't know what else could. Now, I haven't seen many of those since over the years, right? But that was that first eye-opener of I can literally do anything that I want. I can create my own future if I want yeah. to by the amount of effort that I'm willing to put and in. What year was that? That would have been late 99, early 2000. Okay, so we're talking, you are 22, 23 years in the game. Again, let's celebrate. 23. Correct. 23 years in the game. Let's celebrate <laughs> that, my friend. Um, okay, and, and what were you selling? Uh, so I was in the tech space. I've been in the tech space my whole career. So I was, I was selling phone lines and the internet to businesses. So, you know, when you walk into a doctor's office, they got phone lines and internet, and that's they got that from guys like yeah, me. Yeah. So, and that's that. That was my next question for you. I want to know what your first sales job was. So, you were out there um, schlepping uh, analog pots lines, right? <laughs> pots lines. For those not in that industry, that's plain old telephone service. All right. So um, now we've got a little bit of of history or a line history in that we both worked for McLeod USA there in the very early. That was the that job. Was the job. Okay. Uh, and you start, I started there in two late 2000 and you started there. What you said? 99. So, wow. Yeah. A little bit of crossover. 99. All right. Okay. So, you know, again, like I said earlier, Eric, you know, I'm, I'm all about evangelizing for our profession and, um, you know, as well as I do that you wouldn't be where you are at, you're at today without some great mentorship and leadership and some unsung heroes you know, through the course of your journey. So now is your opportunity to shout out an unsung hero. And by unsung hero, I'm not, I'm talking about that person that people just don't know. Maybe they don't even know they impacted your career and, and a, uh, you know, very impactful way. And that could be someone that did something minor or did something big, right? Like in the book, we talk about that. I actually share a couple of stories and one story of a gentleman It's called, and this, this story is called the gold watch, which you guys can download off of the website for free. And it, it is about a chance encounter that I had with an older, very successful gentleman once in my career and never ran into him ever, ever again. But it was so profound that it changed the way that I think about business. All right. So with, with that set up, Eric, Tell us, share with us, give us one of those unsung heroes from your career that deserves a shout out. Yeah, it was actually a boss I, I worked for. I was fortunate to work for him multiple times. He's still in the space. His name is Keith Hatley. He, he saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And the way in which he challenged me, he learned what was important to me. It wasn't, I'm going to manage him the way I manage everybody, it was like, I'm going to get to know everybody. I'm going to get to know Eric. I'm going to get to know Ronnell. And they're different people. They operate different. Their priorities are different. Keith got to know me. He knew my priorities. He got to know my wife, um, mostly because he knew how important through conversation, how important vacation was to us. And he actually called my wife one day and let her know, hey, this is all Eric's got to do to be successful and go on this president's club trip. So he just, he built and established a relationship with me. And as important as that was, he taught me the importance of genuine relationships. Mm. Mm. And how has that affected or impacted how you operate today? 
Oh man, I uh, it's funny. I had uh, I had a sales guy on a call with me a couple of years ago, Chris. We had an hour with a partner that he had worked diligently to get that meeting with. We had one hour. Chris made it known, Eric, we got one hour. Fifty five minutes into the call, the partner the partner says, Eric, Chris, I gotta go. Like, I gotta call at the top of the hour if we can schedule something for next week. Now, Ronell, we spent fifty five minutes talking about family dogs and Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And we got off the phone. Chris immediately picked up the phone. He'd been working for me for like a month. Eric, what the hell was that? We, we had one shot at this guy. And I said, I'm focused on building the relationship. It was clear by the end of the meeting that he liked us and we liked him. And he goes, but Eric, we didn't talk business at all. I said, Chris, in the last five minutes, what happened? He goes, well, he asked, Oh, he asked for another meeting. And so to me, we got that meeting. We ended up doing a lot of business. But to me, relationships are everything. Getting to know the people that you work with, the people that you work for, getting to know your customers on a personal level as individuals, as moms, as dads, as husbands, as fathers, as wives, as partners. That is where sales, that's where I think I have been the most successful and the most successful people that I have seen are uniquely themselves, but care more about the relationship than they do about the commission check. Cause the commission check that'll come. Love it. Great share and shout out to Keith uh, for impacting you and teaching you a lesson that it takes sellers a long time to learn, man. It takes a long, that's, that's something yeah. we also talk about in the book is the importance of building those relationships and building those advocates. And you, you don't build advocates for your business without the relationship, without service. So great share. Shout out to Keith. All right. Now it is time for you to go back in the recesses of your brain, my friend. And here's another thing. I feel like, I feel like we're having like the battle of the podcast voice. And this corner, Ron L. Richards. In that corner, Eric Brooker. And in this corner. <laughs> All right. Now dust off that, your very best podcast storytelling voice, and share with us a story from your career. And I want a story, um, you know, share something that, that, that helped to formulate your, uh, your philosophy on sales and business. And now you already shared a great story with Keith, you know, and, and no doubt that's impact, impacted you significantly, but yeah, share another story with us. If you wouldn't mind that, you know, tell us how not only share that story, but what lesson you learned from that story and how it impacts you to this day. So I'll, I'll actually go back to Keith in, in a roundabout way. I actually worked for a gentleman by the name of Jason Kate. Jason's a really integral part of this story. Jason worked for Keith. So I reported to Jason who reported to Keith it was the end of the quarter. I had found a great deal of success. I'm still at McLeod USA. Uh, actually, I'm on my second stint at McLeod USA. So the year's like, oh, five, maybe. 2005, end of the quarter. I blew it out of the water. I'd had a really great month. I'd had a really great quarter. And Jason Kate walks up to my desk and he goes, hey, I need you in my office. But it was one of those like doom and gloom looks like, like, are we, are we having layoffs? What's going on? And he shuts the door and he walks back and he doesn't say a word. And he just looks me in the eye and he goes, you've got that $20,000 a month contract. I know you're meeting with him today. I need that deal. And I looked at him with this, just this giant grin. Cause I was going to push for it. Cause I knew we needed it as a company, but I wasn't going to push so hard that we lost the deal. 
And so we talked about the importance of that one deal to the business and the impact it would have on him. And I jokingly said to him, we were a bit of a fraternity back then. I said, Jason, what's in it for me? And he looked at me and he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Eric, you're going to make a bunch of money. I said, no, but I want something. I want something bigger. Like I, I, I want this to hurt a little bit for you. I'll go get the deal. I want some skin in the game from you. And he just looked at me, laughed. He goes, you close this deal today. I will give you $500 cash. Now, my wife was pregnant, 500 bucks cat. It's still 500 bucks. That's a lot of money. So I looked at him. I said, I'll get the deal. He goes, Eric, I'm going to go with you. So we drive up. We meet with George at Valley ENT. We sit down at the desk. Now, what Jason may not know, Jason, I'm going to send this to you so I know you're listening. Jason didn't know I was nowhere near getting signatures on this deal. But I rolled into his office. I had, I had leveraged what I learned from Keith. I was building a relationship with George over the previous few months. We sit down and George looks at me. We have some pleasantries. He goes, remind me what the purpose is of this meeting. <laughs> and I said, George, the purpose was I wanted to get you the contract so you could read through it. You wanted to have your legal team read through it. I said, but the purpose of the meeting has changed. And he looks at me, he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, end a quarter, end a month, not my style, but I got a wife and she's pregnant and Jason offered, and Jason starts sliding down in his chair. I said, Jason offered me 500 bucks if I could get the deal signed today. And George looked at me and he looked at Jason and he says, where's my pen? And I, I honestly, in that moment, I'm still sort of surprised that he signed it. We agreed he had like 60 days to review the contract. And if there were any legal issues, we would address them. But he signed the contract. We walked out of there. Jason's like, Eric, I have no idea how you pulled that one off. And I said, my response was, Jason, we need to find an ATM. I want my 500 bucks. <laughs> but, but to me, the message in that story wasn't the 500 bucks. It goes back to what I learned from Keith, the power of building genuine relationships with people can have a real impact in the, in, in your success, in your career, in your life. Wow. I love that story. And um, I can identify with that on so many levels is that there are so many sellers that have worked for me that I have told them to do that. <laughs> like, like I didn't talk about like $500 and all that, but, but I've told them to, to be honest with their customer. Listen, it's the end of the month. It's the end of the month. You know, we, yep. I've got these, these commitments. Look, people, they understand first and foremost that you have a job and what your job is. Right. And I think what people, what turns people off is when you are, is when they feel like you're being deceptive. <laughs> you're like, yes, if you're honest and Hey, listen, I have this commitment and my boss, we've been working, we've been working on this thing, you know, for a month, two months, whatever it is. And yeah, my boss, now my bosses are on me and everyone can understand that. Right. Everyone's got a boss. Right. Um, so I love that story. And again, as you said, it, it goes back to establishing the, having a good relationship and bringing value. And let's be clear, folks, you can't do that if you haven't done those two things. If you haven't put a little work Correct. in to, to build a relationship and you're not bringing value. Because here's the thing, if that solution that you were presenting to that, that client, if it wasn't a, a good solution, I don't give a shit. What else is going on? <laughs> oh, sorry. That's your problem, Eric. Your wife's pregnant. Ah, fine. Yep. You're, but you were bringing, you, you had taken the, the time to start to build a relationship and you actually had something that was of value to him. So when you 
when you uh, went in for that little personal push, uh, you were able to push it over the top. Great story. Yep. Bingo. Anything else that you want to share about that or anything else that you learned from that experience and how that impacts you today? I won't tell the other story that I was going to share, but the other version of that story is when you don't have the relationship. I had a 60, I think it was $67,000 a month with uh, Warner Electric. The short version is my boss called end of month, same thing with Jason, end of month, end of quarter. I, I hadn't built a relationship. I didn't have the rapport with the customer, but my job was on the line. Brian called me and said, Eric, you will call the customer today and you will tell them they committed to getting this done before the end of the quarter. Today is the last day of the quarter. I said, Brian, this is not a good idea. I don't have the relationship. You don't have the relationship. We don't have the rapport with the client. He goes, Eric, you do it or I'll move you out of the way and I'll get it mm -hmm. done. And so I tried to massage the conversation as best as I could. I called Ben, who to this day is, is a friend because after we lost the deal, I built a relationship with him. We've never done business, but I called Ben. I said, here's the deal, man. Brian wants me to call you and have this conversation with you. He goes, this isn't how we do business, man. Like we're just getting to know each other. And Ben told me later, Eric, we were absolutely moving forward. We needed another 30, 60, 90 days. This is a big expense, almost $70,000 a month on a five-year contract. We weren't ready and you pushed mm -hmm. us. And so just the inverse of having a relationship and being able to ask for the business is if you don't have the relationship, don't ask for the business yet. And that's on a, that's on, on the smallest of deals and the largest mm. of deals. Mm. Thanks for sharing the other side of that, man. Something to really think about guys. Um, you know, first, do you have that relationship? Are you working to gain, to get the relationship? There's another, there's another little lesson in there too. Um, you lost that that account, but sometimes, sometimes guys got to push because you don't, you, yep. you you can't, you can't lose what you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you can't lose what you don't have, and so sometimes, you know, we are afraid to push, to ask, because we don't want to push them away. But said, sometimes, again, you don't have it in the first place. What are you going to lose? Now, uh, to your lesson and to your point, um, do the work work to, to, to start to build a relationship and make sure you're bringing value. Cause if, if those two, if you don't have those two things, it's not going to work. All right, my friend. Yep. Now it is time for you to share some strategic, some tactical advice block. I'm talking blocking and tackling. I'm talking X's and O's when our listeners stop listening to this podcast after they binge all the episodes. Cause that's what I want you guys. So you got to make sure and binge all the episodes, but after you binge all the episodes, you're like, okay, Eric told me to do this to be successful. Eric, what is that share? What is that piece of tactical strategic specific advice you'd like to share with the audience today? Mine is simple. Do the work. I, I have told the people that I have worked with or that have worked for me over the years if you're willing, you know, there used to be, and I think there still is this hustle culture, this idea, well, I'm, you know, I'm working like 40, 50 hours a week. And then Ronnell's like, well, I'm working like 60 or 70. And then John comes in and he's like, that's like, what? I'm working like 20 hours a day. What do you, seven days a week? What do you guys put 40 hours a week in? And what I mean by that is put an actual 40 hours of work. And I'm not talking lunch when you sit down at the coffee table with the kids. I'm not talking the conference call you take from the road. I'm talking like 40 
hours of actual work in a week and you will run circles around everyone around you. Be in competition with those around you. Put 40 hours a week in. Take notes. Put that. Put it all in the CRM. I'm telling you right now, Ronell, when you tell me that you take your family to Disneyland, that's something that most people don't put in the CRM. I put that in the CRM. We might not talk for six months. Hey, going on a trip to Disneyland. We got some other budgetary things we're going to work on. Give me a call in six months. You know what happens when I call you in six months? Hey, Ronell, last time we spoke, you were uh, you asked me to give you a call in June. It's June. Um, but before we jump in, man, how was Disneyland? I know it was a little while ago, but how was it? Your walls have come down because your curiosity is aroused. Wait a minute. What? You remember? So many people, you remember that trip? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to tell them, no, I don't remember it, but I put it in the CRM. It all matters. Be yourself. Work 40 actual hours a week and everything goes in the CRM. You can't put too many notes in a CRM. Great. I love that advice. So uh, detailed notes in the CRM, personal stuff in CRM, which so many sellers personal stuff don't for sure. take advantage of those, those tools. Um, are, is there any specific CRM that you recommend or that your company uses that you feel like would be great to, for others to use? I mean, it depends on the audience, right? I mean, I'm a Salesforce guy. So many people are, are, are used to or familiar with Salesforce as a CRM. But like I sat down with somebody yesterday and their response, we had the CRM conversation. She's like, I'm not going to spend salesforce.com type money on my business. Now, I believe that you as an entrepreneur need to invest very heavily in the right tools. So, you know, agree to disagree there. But Zoho, if you're, an, you know, a solopreneur, Zoho is free. You can jump in, log in. It's a really great tool. And that, again, that stuff's free. So find a tool that works for you. Find a tool that is customizable enough that it is efficient for you to pull the data, pull the information, drop that into like a HubSpot for marketing and email campaigns. The other thing that I would add, uh, and I just got someone using it and he just sent me a video. In fact, Ronell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a shout out because I think I learned this one from you. Vidyard. Send people customized videos. It takes 30 seconds. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the OG of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm going to tell a story. We connected on LinkedIn and the first thing I got from you was a video. You were leaving the grocery store. You were leaving the gym. Well, let's say you were leaving the gym after like a, like a hearty workout. And you were just like, hey, Eric, it's really great to get to know you. I'm here as a resource. You left me this great message. It didn't take you but 30 seconds of effort. When prospecting, use a video tool like Vidyard to prospect. Put a 30-second video together in an email. The open rate is exponentially higher. When you send someone a thank you text, leverage Vidyard. The, the tools are there if we want to be successful. We just need to start using them. Uh, great advice, my friend. I have one follow-up question and a cup and a comment, or rather a, a share for our audience. Um, as far as the the videos, yes, but use Bomb Bomb or Co Video because they are partners. <laughs> and, there you go. There you and go. I, and I was featured in um, in Bomb Bomb's book that came out about what four or five years ago, and Co Video has been a great supporter of the brand. Um, so that's who we use. Recommend you guys just use those. Um, CRM. So I can identify with with your friend um, as you know a two decade long entrepreneur. Uh, Salesforce for smaller businesses it's really expensive. 
Um, I get it. Enterprise folks, they use it all the time, but it's really expensive for small business. So what we've used forever, uh, we use either Zoho or Pipedrive. And right now in both my businesses, we use both Zoho and Pipedrive. And the cool thing about CRMs is that there's so many other tools that have CRMs built into it. Yes. So if you're like, if you have like a Wix website or something, they have CRM, CRM capabilities and functionalities in that. Um, if you use, I know a lot of the, some of the UCAS providers, Unified Communication Solution Providers now have CRMs kind of built into their stuff. I know Net, Nextiva has a CRM built into their stuff. Um, I think Ring, Ring Central does too as well. So there are lots of inexpensive CRM um, options out there. Guys, just make sure to Eric's advice and point that you're using it because it's so powerful. Um, so Eric, my question to you is, um, you know, 40 hour work week, putting in a real 40 hours. Is there any piece of advice that you can leave, you can give our audience here for how you do that? Like how you structure your week? Cause one of the things that salespeople struggle with is discipline. Right. And so that's the reason why we're work working. And I'm, for those of you not, <laughs> not watching the video i'm air <laughs> quoting we're working 70 80 hours a week because we have a hard time with discipline um are there any tools that you use or um advice that you can give to the audience to, to stay disciplined well so i think in that 40 hour work week i think of my buddy ryan leak ryan leak wrote a book great book read the book chasing failure Chapter six, he talks a little bit about procrastination. And I actually love the beginning of chapter six because the first like four pages are all the things like I woke up at 6 a.m. I was going to be at my desk at 6.15 to start writing chapter six. And by like 9.45, he had done nothing. He showered, got dressed, brushed his teeth, got some coffee, went to the grocery store, made his wife breakfast, like minute this minute by minute play by play of things he didn't need to do because he had committed to waking up at six, sitting down and writing chapter six by 6.15 a.m., but he procrastinated. He made excuses. He found things to do. Ah, it's a little cold. I'm going to go get a sweater. Well, you know what? I should go get a glass of water. Then I should go make some – like, we all do this. So put stuff on your schedule. And I'm not talking put meetings on your schedule. I'm talking put, put prospecting on your calendar. And do not deviate. When you have a Wednesday 8 a.m. prospecting meeting – and Ronell is willing to take a meeting with you at 8 a.m. Do not jump at that meeting with Ronell. Ronell, I've got a meeting at 8 a.m. I can meet you at 9.30. Does that work? Your time in the field matters as much as your time in front of a prospect. So do not deviate. Now, do not is a little excessive. There are the one-offs, but I'm talking like the 5% of time, 10% of the time you deviate. So everything goes on your calendar, number one. Number two if you're anything like me and Ronell, I know you are, you get sucked into the media, CNN, Fox News, ESPN, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards. I, I'm telling you right now, shut it down. Have people hold you accountable. Have your spouse hold you accountable. Put your cell phone away and just, uh, I don't know if I can say this, just go get shit done. It's on your calendar. Go get it done. Just do it and make no excuses. And if for some reason you find yourself in la-la land, watching highlights from last night's football game, then you need to document that like mentally. All right, well, I can't leave at five because I screwed around for 15 minutes. So I got to put in another 15 minutes. Like I'm telling you right now, every single person listening to this show or watching this show believes they put in more than 40 hours. And I'm telling you, most of us, myself included at times, we don't put in 40 actual hours. We might sit at our desk 
for 40 hours, but we're not putting in actual work. So get that stuff on the calendar. Everything goes on the calendar. Nice. Any uh, calendar tool that you use or what calendar do you, do you use? Uh, I just use Outlook. But again, every like this this hour block for us to have this conversation is on the podcast. If I go, if we go 15 minutes over, I got to add 15 minutes. I got to, I got to move everything. Cause I got to put an eight, nine, 10 hour day. Like I just, I got to put in a full eight hours. It's that simple. Okay. All right. Great advice. Um, I did, you did say something that was really, really strange and it kind of made me like, uh, give that, like, uh, they give you the side eye when you, when you said shit on my podcast and you're like, I don't know if I can say it. <laughs> huh? You know me, right? Like, well, I, <laughs> well, I had, I had someone on, I host a podcast. I had someone on my podcast yesterday and he started to say it and pulled it back. And I called him out. I was like, you can say that. He's like, well, I, I didn't know your audience. And then I, like when I started to say that on your show, I thought, Oh wait, it's run yeah, I'm no, good. It's all about authenticity, man, being our authentic selves. And I think that, you know, if you're the guy that curses like a sailor and that's who you are, like, and it's not just for show, like, or for dramatic effect. Yeah. Curse like a sailor. Like that's, <laughs> but if you're, or if you're like someone like you or I that, yeah, we, a colorful expletive here and there to make a point is kind of how we talk. Then yeah, I want, I want yep. that. And, and, uh, I don't trust any salesperson that doesn't curse at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, this has been a pleasure. I have really enjoyed it. I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, can you let the audience know what's the best way to connect with you uh, and to do business with you, get a hold of you, pick your brain? Uh, ericbrooker.com. Hopefully that'll be in the show notes. You can track me down on LinkedIn. My phone number is on LinkedIn. Okay, well, I'm going to give one more piece of advice. Stop sending emails. Pick up the phone. I'm telling you right now, pick up the phone. The amount of emails that I, I get, Ronell, I know you do as well, that you delete. I'm inclined to pick up the phone. I'm inclined to have a voice conversation. My cell phone number is there. Again, LinkedIn, ericbrooker.com. I host a podcast. Maybe that'll be in the show notes as well. Um, but I'll make myself as available as I can for any of your listeners. There you go, guys. EricBrooker.com. And since you added one more piece of advice, I'm going to tag on to that as, as, <laughs> as the call, as the contact center guy. Um, some of you may know that some of you don't, you know, I've owned multiple contact centers and to this day, we do a ton of cold calling as Eric was saying, yes, pick up the phone and call Eric. I was on a call the other day with, um, with one of our clients, giving them some coaching, some marketing coaching. And they are hesitant to make phone calls. They don't want to make phone calls. And the reason their rationale for not making phone calls is that people don't pick up. And I'm like, that's a problem. That's not a problem. Cause now what you need to do is be, be really good at your voicemail. Like what voicemail are, are you? And you get to actually get the opportunity to, to tell them what it is that you're calling about and who you are and make a little bit of an impact in a great voicemail. And Eric, how often do you listen to your voicemails or read your visual voicemail? A hundred, a hundred percent of the time. There I'm you telling go. you right now for the first listener, for your first listener that reaches out to me, there is one sales book that I have read in all my years that has had the most profound impact. Go to the show notes. I'll tell Ronell after the show, I'll put it in the show notes for the first person that listens to this show, reaches out to me directly. I will send them a copy of this book. There is an art to email. If you're going to go to email, there is an art to voicemail. And I'm telling you, I 80% of the time get a return mm. phone call, email, 
because there is an art to that. Love it. Well, um, why don't you share the name of the book? So, so someone, yes, you're going to give it away to that one person, which is great. But uh, for those of us that, that aren't, that you know, that aren't going to get it for free, what is it? So we can we can go ahead and get get well, the book after you buy your copy of Shut the Hell Up and there Sell it is on Amazon or wherever you go buy your books. Also, Skip Miller wrote a book called Proactive Selling, and I'm telling you right now, there's not one book any bit remotely tied to sales that has had more profound of an impact than Skip Miller's proactive selling. Love it. Thank you for that share, my friend. Again, it has been a pleasure and I look forward to the next time. Guys, make sure that you're connecting with Eric. Um, he's sharing great content all the time on, on, on social. Um, he's also working on a book that'll be coming out here in 23. So you want to make sure that you're in his community. So you're notified when that comes up. Um, so guys, Make sure also that you are uh, binging all of these because it's, it's just great wisdom from great leaders and, and, and uh, folks with tremendous sales experience like Eric. So until next time, shh, say less, sell more. Hey guys, it's Ronnell, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Shut the Hell Up and Sell podcast. If you liked it, please rate us five stars on whichever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. And while you're at it, punch that subscribe button. That way you get notified every time we drop a brand new episode. Hey, I'd also appreciate it if you went to our website, shutthehelluponsell.com and became a member. It's absolutely free. And you'll have the opportunity to listen to previous episodes of our podcast, check out some of our free courses, get a copy of the book, and we'll send you sales tips and motivational nuggets from time to time. Lastly, if you'd like to book me for either appearances or speaking engagements, just send an email to my team at team at shutthehelluponsell.com.